Thanks for joining us for this message from Awakened Church. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we pray that you're encouraged by this message. Now lean in as we hear from God's Word together. My name is Brian McKenney. I'm on staff at Calvary Chapel, Chattanooga. My beautiful wife, Sarah, and I drove up yesterday to get some hang time with Pastor Kevin and with Jen. We love them so much. Like Pastor Kevin, I am a coffee guy. I love coffee. But what I have realized in the last 24 hours is I cannot hang with Pastor Kevin when it comes. I will not sleep for three days at this point. But that's okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm here and I'm ready. Another really sweet thing about just spending some time up here, just my wife and me, is uh, it's a little getaway for us because back home we have seven children. So yeah, so we're going to pass the offering plate in just a minute. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, we're a big family. We're a family of nine. It was not the plan, but it's, uh, it's what happened. So uh, any other big families, like five or more kids, come on. That's what I'm talking about. You get the looks at the grocery store. My favorite is the silent counting when they do this. That one. And then you get questions. You get questions. One of the questions we get all the time is, hey, you know what causes that, right? To which I like to respond, yes, and clearly we're very good at it. That kind of shuts them down. It shuts them down. But, uh, you know, one of the things I love about this church is your commitment to God's Word. At Calvary Chapel Chattanooga, we like to say we're reading God's Word regularly to know Him intimately. And we know that that's something you all believe too. Uh, and I love this reading plan in 2020 through the New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs. If there's ever been a year that we need to get in God's Word, it's 2020. And so this series, Grace to You and Peace, this is through the, what we call the Pauline epistles, the, the letters that Paul wrote. And uh, Pastor Kevin said, hey, why don't you come up and teach? Here's the date. And I said, great, where will we be? And he said, Colossians chapter 1. And I started reading it, and I just got this big smile on my face because I love God's timing. And the only way to really, really explain why the timing makes so much sense to me is to start reading in Colossians chapter 1. So here's what I want you to do. Go ahead and turn there if you've got your Bible. Colossians 1, verse 1. If you don't have it, that's fine. We'll put the verses up on the screen. And I'm just going to read just the first part for you here. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace. Hello, sounds familiar, from God our Father. Verse 3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we pray for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world is bearing fruit and growing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He's a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Paul is writing to the church at Colossae, and he is praying for them. And if you're a note taker today, here's, here's the title of today's message. Prayers for Colossae and Clarksville. Because I really think that's what Paul is up to. He's, he's praying for the church at Colossae, but y'all, it, it mirrors my prayer, our prayer for Clarksville and specifically for Awakened Church. Because Here's the thing. I'm no Apostle Paul. I know that. But in many ways, Paul's relationship with the church at Colossae mirrors my relationship with 
Awakened Church. Because most of the time when we read this, when we read the letters of Paul, we've got Paul writing to a church that he's planted, right? But that's not what happens here. Normally it's like Corinth, Philippi, Thessalonica, he planted those churches. No, Paul didn't plant the Colossian church. In fact, Paul had never been to the Colossian church before, but God had used men that he loved, respected, and admired, specifically Epaphras, to plant the church at Colossae. But the church was so much more than those men. The church had a powerful reputation of their faith and their love and action and their hope and their desire to see people come to Christ. Well, guess what? I didn't plant Awakened Church. In fact, before this weekend, though I've been to the building before, I've never been to a service at Awakened Church. But God used men that I love, respect, and admire, Pastor Kevin, Pastor Nate, to plant this church, to grow this church. But yet, this church is more than them. This church has a reputation that we know in Chattanooga as a church filled with faith and hope and love, a church committed to awakening people far from Christ to new life in Christ. And so I look on and I say, hallelujah, Colossians 1, this is, this is how I feel about this church. And I need you to know that we're praying for you. My wife and I are praying for you. Calvary Chapel Chattanooga is praying for you because we look on and we see something special. And I want to just take a quick time out and talk to you about that because so often we're in the midst of something going on. We just, we're, we're in the doing of it and we can miss the miracle in the moment. You need to know, as someone coming in from the outside, I look on, y'all, God is doing something special at Awaken Church. So Paul is writing to the church at Colossae, and he said, look, you need to know that we're praying for you, and here's what we're praying for you. Like I said, you need to know that my wife and I are praying for you, and this is what we're praying for you. In fact, you guys have had 11 amazing years, but my prayer is that they will pale in comparison to the next 11 years. But here's the thing. How do we get there? How does that happen? Well, I believe that how that happens is the same practical, specific prayers that Paul is praying for the church at Colossae. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Paul prays, moving on from this point, four specific things for the Colossians. He prays about the will he prays about their walk. He prays for a wallop, and he prays for their wonder. you got to love alliteration, right? Some W words today. Now, let's, let's just dive in, and we'll see what we mean here. Let's talk about the will first. He talks about this in verse 9. Paul says, And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. God's will. Anybody want to know God's will for your life? Is that just me? No, yeah, I think every believer is like, yes, Lord, tell me what's next. Show me your will for my life. And, and there's been hundreds of books. There's been thousands of books written on this topic. There's been teaching series and classes and breakout sessions and small groups dedicated to understanding God's will. And I think in the church, we've got it a little twisted. I think we've turned it into some sort of like secret message decoder ring that if you hold your mouth right and pray this way, then it's like a national treasure. Like we got to steal the Declaration of Independence and there's been a message of God's will on the back. But notice what Paul prays. He prays for something really simple. He says that you'd be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Kind of two simple things. And maybe it's a whole lot more simple than we've been making it. 
And someone says, okay, great. I'm, I'm glad that you think discerning God's will is simple, Brian, but uh, I need a word from the Lord, right? You ever feel that? You're like, I need it. Lord, I need it. I need, you got to tell me something. I need a word from the Lord. Well, here's my challenge for you today. Maybe someone needs to write this down today. Do you want a word? Read the word. Do you want a word? Read the word. Now, that may seem simple, that may seem basic, but so many of us as believers, we're like, Lord, I need you, I, need you. I want to hear from you, I'm a believer, and we leave our Bibles closed. This is what that looks like. Pastor Kevin, after church today, where are we going for lunch? <laughs> hey, Pastor Kevin, after church today, I'm going to be hungry, I'm not familiar with Clarksville, where do you think we got to go for lunch? <laughs> but seriously, man, why aren't you going to tell me where we're going for lunch? I need to know what lunch is. Hey, hey, shh, 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 shh. that's what it's like. Is that going to be a healthy conversation? Am I going to get any information from that? But that's what happens. We're like, God, tell me. Tell me what you would have me learn. Shh, 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 shh. See, peace doesn't come from a closed Bible. Answers don't come from a closed Bible. Y'all, a closed Bible, that's a decoration. But an open Bible, that's communication. And I think someone today needs to hear, look, you want a word? It's time to read the word. And you say, okay, that's great, Brandon. I know there's rights and wrongs. I know the Bible has something to say about my relationships, how to parent my kids, how to respect governing authorities. Lord, I need some of that right now. <laughs> what to do with my finances. But what about, what about the times that it's not like specific? What about, it's not a question of right or wrong, but it's a question of right and right or good and better. How do I know that? Wouldn't it be great if God just wrote down like a list of directions that I had to follow for the rest of my life? And we think that, but the answer is no. No, he didn't give us directions. He gave us a director. And the director is better than the directions. Here's what I mean by that. I told you this is my first weekend here at uh, Awakened Church. But the fact is, I, I have been here before. I've stopped by the church offices as we were driving through town multiple times. And the first time we ever did, we were going by on the interstate, and I texted Pastor Kevin. I said, hey, we want to swing by. We want to come see you. How do we get there? So he sent me in a text message all the directions I needed. You turn right here. You turn left here. Riverside, this, that. You pull in the parking lot. Boom. So I followed the directions. Turn here, turn left. Okay, I think he means this and do this. And then I pulled in the parking lot and I looked up and I saw the sign, Miranda's Adult Bookstore. <laughs> I was like, I think we may have some theological differences. <laughs> now what happened? Were the directions faulty? No, he knew where he was sending me. But my ability to understand where things were was what was at fault. Now, now, now change, here's what happened this morning. This morning, coming to Awaken Church, I drove, Pastor Kevin was with me, and he said, no, 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 you want to turn here? Yep, no, go straight here. I had a director. I had someone with me, and a director is better than directions, but y'all, we have a director. God is there. In fact, Proverbs 16.9 says, a, man, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. How does he do this? Through his Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. And the Holy Spirit dwells inside anyone who's walking with Jesus. Anyone who's a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And he comes alongside us and even often comes upon us. And we say, well, how do we, how do we know? How do we listen? Yeah, we cultivate a relationship. 
and we hear and we know the shepherd's voice. And in worship and in prayer and in time and his word, we grow that relationship to the point where he can say, hey, turn here. Hey, go straight here. So Awakened Church, the first thing Paul prays for the Colossians and what we pray for you is that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. The next thing Paul's, Paul prays for is in verse 10. Verse 10, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. The walk, the walk, walking worthy, bearing fruit. Those are old school churchy words, right? I grew up in church and I didn't understand half of what was being said because it was all like, we need to bear fruit. I'm like, what do bears have to do with it? To walk worthy of a call, what does that mean? Well, this reminds me of one of the weirder stories in the Gospels. It's found in Mark chapter 11, and Jesus and his disciples are, are, are walking, and Jesus is hungry, and he sees a fig tree from a distance. And it's a, a healthy, beautiful-looking fig tree. It's got strong branches and big, shiny leaves. It's everything he's looking for. And he goes to it, and he reaches for a fig, and everyone looking on realizes there's no figs on the tree at all. And so Jesus says, you know what? If you don't have figs for me, you won't have figs for anybody. And he curses the fig tree. The disciples are like, homeboy was hangry. Like what? Why is the king of kings zapping plants? What's going on here? Well, they come back later and the fig tree's dead. It's shriveled and gone. So what happened? Well, the fig tree had every appearance of being healthy. It was putting on a front. It had a name of being a fig tree, but it had no fruit. Y'all, this is the Bible Belt. This is the South. We know how, don't we, to roll up into the church parking lot, get out of the car, and someone say, how are you doing this morning? Blessed and highly favored, brother. But we just screamed at the kids all the way to church. Am I being too real this morning? That's just me? But the fact is, the fact is, we're not supposed to look worthy. We're supposed to walk worthy. What are we called? We're called Christians. We're called Christ followers. Is how I'm walking out. Is the fruit I'm bearing consistent with what I'm called to? Now, y'all, that walk, you're going to have a limp. You're going to have a shuffle. You might need crutches in that walk. But we can be honest. We can be authentic. We can be humble and say, I just want to live this out. Is what, is what someone else is seeing in me bearing fruit? My worship, my giving, my, 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 my discipleship of others, my spending time in God's word. Do I see it? Does he see it? Now, Paul goes on and says that we'd increase in the knowledge of God. He kind of repeats something there. How do we repeat? How do we increase in the knowledge of God? There's this really good book out that maybe you've heard of before. We already covered that. But Paul comes back to it again. And I just feel like we need to come back to it again. And I want to say this. Look, if, if, if you're like, you know what? I've been, everyone's talking about reading. We got this reading plan. Grab a bookmark today. Take it home. If you don't have a Bible, you will not leave this property without a Bible in your hand. All right? We will see that you have one. And I guarantee that when you spend time in the living and active Word of God this week, it will look different from last week. As you walk in relationship with God, knowing more fully His will, walking out worthy of being called a Christ follower. The next thing Paul prays for 
is the wallop. You know what I mean? You know, you ever heard something, something packs a wallop, right? It means that there's power there. There's power. That's what he's talking about in verse 11. Check it out. Verse 11, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Power. The Greek word Paul uses is actually the word dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite. This is the dynamic, dynamite power of the Holy Spirit. It's the same word used when we read uh, about you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And we get pumped up. We're like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Power. Power. We're going to go cast out some demons. We're going to get some spiritual creatine up in this place today. Right? Let's go say to that mountain, move. And that's all true. But check out what he's specifically praying for. He prays for the dynamite power of God for what? For all endurance and patience with joy. Endurance. The idea of keeping on, keeping on even when the bank account's getting low, to continue to serve and love and give and worship and pray when we're struggling with our emotions and the prodigal hasn't come home yet, to be patient when that door is still closed in front of you, to be patient when you're still waiting on that call to the new job, the new ministry, or a spouse, but not only to be patient, to be patient with joy. That takes the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. That's why he's praying it, because it won't happen by our strength, only by his might. So awaken. I pray that whatever you walk through as a church, and these first 11 years, you've had high highs, low lows, you've had hell and high water. And I pray that whatever you are walking through as an individual, and this morning you may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I pray that his spirit would so fill you with dunamis power that you'd be able to walk out in endurance and in patience and that others would look on and say, how are they filled with joy? I need to know more. And that's when we get to say, hey, guess what? Greater is he who is in me than he who's in the world. Let me tell you about my Jesus. That's what happens when this joy that is unmistakable is found. The fourth thing that Paul prays for Colossae and that we pray, pray for Clarksville is the wonder. The wonder. When was the last time you were filled with wonder? You have a trip to the Grand Canyon, or maybe you laid out on a blanket and watched the stars one night, or maybe it's after the kids are in bed. You, go into, you ever do that? You go into their room at night, you see them sleeping, and you're like, they're so beautiful when they're quiet. But in those moments, we're, we're so filled with wonder at God's creation. Just the beauty of the moment, we, 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 we kind of pause. And, and to be honest, so often we just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this. Paul's praying that the same experience of that wonder would happen when he talks about it in verse 12. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time that those of us who know Jesus just paused and considered what he's done? Just stopped and just said, Lord, 
I see what you've done. I see who I was. I see who I am now. And I see who you're turning me into. I see the path I was on and the path you've placed me on. Redemption, forgiveness of sins. My very soul awakened. But the amazing thing is, though he's talking about this transfer, it's more than relocation. He's talking about a relationship. It's not just a move. The Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance, to share in the inheritance of the saints in life. What does that mean? It means we're not just airlifted. We're now heirs. We're not just accepted. We're now adopted. Two of our children are adopted, one from the U.S. and one from overseas. And in both cases, there was a bunch of legal paperwork, and in both cases, here's what it says. It says that little Jack and little Millicent are McKenney's now. It says that whatever I have is theirs. They're my children. They share as heirs with all of my biological children. In fact, they're not my adopted children. They are my children. Now, if that in an earthly, imperfect legal document can be so clear, how much more clear in God's word is it that we are co-heirs with Christ? How much more are we heirs with the saints in life? Y'all, he's given you a new name in Jesus. He holds us. It's beautiful. It's different. It's more than just pulling us from the fire. It's bringing us into a family. Church, let's be filled with wonder and gratitude. Let's let our praise be a little louder. Our prayers be a little more fervent. Our serving be a little more heart felt our joy be a little more infectious because of who he is and now who we are because of him that's the change that's what happens in the wonder so paul prays this prayer for Colossae and i believe for clarksville to have the knowledge of his will to know what god would do how through the reading of his word through understanding through the knowledge, through, through, through being walked through with our director, the Holy Spirit. And he prays for their walk, that it would bear fruit, that, that they would walk worthy of being called a Christ follower. Not perfect, but moving towards Jesus. An example for others to look on and say, there's something different there. That they would pack a wallop for the kingdom, the power of the Holy Spirit, not our strength, but his might, and that in all of it, they would be, you would be, I would be so filled with wonder and gratitude at who he is and what, well, who we are because of him. Prayers for Colossae and Clarksville. And those are really the four points that if you're a note taker, I want you to jot down, but, but really there's, there's just one more. There's one more W. Because maybe you're here today and you're like, okay, that sounds great. Like, I want to walk with more power, you know? Like, I want, I want to have that wallop. Like, I want to be filled with wonder. I can't think of the last time I felt that way. I don't know what the heck the God's will for my life is. That sounds amazing. What do I do? But the fact is, you won't understand the will. You won't be able to walk the walk. You won't pack the wallop. And you won't even be able to wonder unless you know the way. 
And that's what Paul goes on to talk about. And this is, this is where we'll close. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and have the band come up now, just as we begin. Let me have your attention for a few more minutes. But the band's going to come up to lead us in worship, but I want to finish with this. Check this out. Verse 15. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he, Jesus, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he, Jesus, is the head of the body of the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on, on earth or in heaven. Sounds like Jesus is kind of a big deal, and he finishes with this, making peace. By the blood of his cross, making peace, creating a way where there was no way. Anyone else a sinner this morning? Is it just me up here? There's like four or five of us. That's great. Now, the Bible says that all have sinned. All have, that's from the word all, is from the Greek word meaning all. <laughs> all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's a, there's a separation because of that sin. In fact, God's word says that the wages of sin, what's a wage? It's something you earn, something you deserve, something you are entitled to. The wages of that sin is death, but God made a way. Peace by the blood of his cross, making a way where there was no way. And so we read there's peace now that is offered to us. But there's not only a way, there's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Those are Jesus' words. And so today, you need to know that that way is offered to you. And for a lot of us today, we get encouraged. We're like, you know what? I'm walking with Jesus, and I need, it. I need to hear about that. You know, I need to pack a wall up. But some, some today are just like, I'm, this whole thing's new to me. I, I don't even know where to begin. That's where we begin, with the way that Jesus made, that he loved you so much he came after you. Because it's not by our strength. It's by his might. That's what we're singing about. That's why people are clapping. That's why people are raising their hands. That's why people are singing, because we know who we were and who we now are adopted as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.